time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here and this is episode number 17 of our podcast where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton. I'm talking a ton of coffee, but most importantly, we hug chickens every day. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget to hug your chicken. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Coffee, coffee. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Colombian again. Again, Colombian. It's good. If you like great coffee and homemade scones and cookies and you're local, head on over. You will not be disappointed. Here we are. We're getting ready for Easter. Easter. It's always been one of my favorite holidays. It's been such Spring. a long winter. Yeah, it's great. Warm weather has been awesome. I can't say it enough. We have so many layers of snow and ice on our sheep fields in February that it took three 65-degree days for it all to melt. Oh, yeah. It's Just layers of ice and snow. I know. It was a bad winter. I mean, we didn't get, like, a massive snowstorm, like, you know, two, three feet. Right. But we got lots of, like, we eight had to 12 inches. Exactly. And we snow. had snow on the ground for a lot of time. It wasn't super cold most of the time. It was cold sometimes, but not too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So we are super, 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 super excited for spring. Oh, yes. And our chicks are growing so nicely. Oh, my nicely. God. Those chicks are the cutest thing ever. Oh, my goodness. They are the best thing to get you in the spring. I mean, we definitely, the spring, had chick fever. Yeah. And we've probably put this on social media. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet. But we ended up with a surprise breed. Oh, yeah. Speckled Sussex. <laughs> Speckled Sussex. It's a breed that I wanted for a long too. time and couldn't I find. I did, too. But... I have to say, I was so close to getting that extra one. I wanted that extra one. So we each got one speckled Sussex. Yes, our little babies. Mm-hmm. So why don't we say what are what the names are? <laughs> okay, so I'm a, an enormous fan of the Great British Bake Off. Right. And so my speckled Sussex is Mary Berry. <laughs> and actually, Joe named yes, our did. speckled Sussex. But since she's they're British chickens, ours is named Tea Biscuit. That's adorable. So we have Tea Biscuit and Mary Berry. Tea Biscuit and, and Mary Berry. And they're little sisters. Mm-hmm. They are. It's true. They so are. It's so funny because we, we got all of our chicks together. So it's just one more way. Best friends and chicks, man. That's right. You end up with a bird out of red. Name Spicy. Long story. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll tell, tell you that, that story later. another time. <laughs> but I have the two Fayumis. Yeah. But they're all sisters. They're all sisters. And, you know, like I said, keep it in the family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today is... A really fun episode, and we were excited to record this episode because it's so much fun. Yeah, we really look forward to doing this one. And this is our special Easter's coming episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about, but before we even get into our Easter episode, I need to take a minute to tell you about something. What is that? Iowa Blue Farm. It's a woman-owned, family-run, all-natural chicken treat company. It's in the Midwest. They make... 100% all-American oven-dried black soldier fly grubs for all types of poultry. So we're talking ducks, chickens, turkeys, peacocks, quail, all your poultry needs. (laughs) All your poultry needs are taken care of. These snacks are high in calcium and protein. So now that we're in spring, I mean, it's egg time. 
It is. It's egg The girls have ramped up production 100%. They need the extra calcium and protein in these snacks. It's a snack you can feel good about. All American made. We know what's in them. We know where they came from. And our girls love them. They also make an organic feed Mm -hmm. that you can order. And this stuff looks amazing. Also top quality. Fresh grains. Oh, man. It's amazing. It's really good quality stuff. Our coupon code, COFFEE, all caps, 25. And on your first order, you can get 25% off site-wide. Which is a great value. It's really a great value. Please, just give it a look. See if you like it. But it's a really good product. They are baked always with love. Shipped with care. And shipping Shipping is always always free. free. Okay, so we're ready to now party about... Easter, Easter, it's bringing you know, Easter. When I think about going to the disco for a party, <laughs> it's not Easter that generally sends me there. Well, it's been that kind of year. I mean, like, it's been a year that Easter is like a fiesta. Plus, this is only the third month of the year. Well, I'm talking all the way back in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Just extended 2021. <laughs> so, to start off our Easter egg extravaganza. The breed that we're going to talk about on our breed spotlight. Damn, you got fancy. <laughs> I'm going to come up with new ones. Uh-huh. Is the Easter Egger. However, <laughs> it's not a breed. We will clarify that. Even though it's our breed spotlight, it's a type of chicken. Yes, there we go. But it is our breed spotlight. Easter Egger, yes. So why don't you tell us what exactly is an Easter Egger? An Easter Egger is not a true breed. Easter eggers, Americanas, and various other blue-green-hued eggers out there are all carrying genes from the South American Arcana, but they all have quite mixed genetics. Right. So to make this a little easier, we'll just talk about, we'll break it down from the beginning. So the Arcana is the blue egg layer that all these breeds come from. Right. The Arcana came from South America, and its origins are fuzzy, but we know it came from South America. And it is a tailless breed. Okay. So if there is a chicken that someone calls an Arcana and has a tail, then it is not an Arcana. Right. It is a tailless breed. They have a pea comb. Okay. They have these kind of really cute curly ear tufts. Yes, they those are so cute. Yeah, it is really cute. And the ear tufts are attached to a lethal gene that makes some eggs not able to hatch, but we'll do that when we cover the Arcana breed spotlight. Yeah. And they lay the blue eggs. Yay! So they showed up in the U.S. in the 1920s or 1930s. So they've been around a while. Yeah, they have been. Mm -hmm. And they were adopted by the American Poultry Association into the Standards of Perfection in 1976. Again, the 70s. Exactly. The Americana was developed, surprise, surprise, in the U.S. Right. In the 70s. Yes, indeed. The Americanas have a tail. Right. They also have a muffin beard. So if someone is selling you an Americana and it does not have a muffin beard, then it is not an Americana. I had four Americanas mm-hmm. and they all had muffs and beards. Yeah, my Carmelita had muffs and beards. And let me tell you, they're the cutest things ever. I do have to say they're adorable chickens. I really do like them. They're so cute and they have such a different look to them. And that comb is so cute and it's yeah. so practical for winter. For winter it is. And that comes from the Arcana. That does right. come from the South because American. Because they're South American. Right. The Americanas can lay a host of colors. So they can lay a brown sort of pinkish egg. Wow. They can lay blue. They can lay green. Mine because all they laid the- blue. Mine have laid brown and green. Carmelita laid sort of a pinkish egg, and our earlier Americanas laid green. The Americana, as a breed, was accepted by the American Poultry Association in 1984. Okay. The standards of perfection. Again, they have a tail. They have muffin beard. They have the pea comb. 
Americana is a distinct breed from the Aracana. Exactly. So we have those two established. Well, here comes the Easter Egger. Which, it does get fuzzy, because yes. the Americana and the Aracana, they're definitely different. Yes. But then the Easter Egger has very many similarities to the Americana. They can. Well, see, I have Blanche Dubois. Right. And Blanche Dubois was sold to me as an Americana. And Blanche Dubois is an Easter Egger. Right. She does not have a moth or beard. Oh, definitely. Then. Definitely not. Uh, she lays green eggs. Right. Actually, you know, the funny thing is her coloring, the closest I've found her coloring to is an Iowa blue. Really? Yeah. She's not an Iowa blue. No. Not even close to one. She lays a green egg, but she is not an Americana. She's an Easter Egger. Yeah. I think that's just what happens is they, people try to mix certain things. Right. All these different things. And then... That's who's thrown under the Easter Egger category. Right. Because, and that's why we're basically saying that Easter Egger is not in itself a breed. Right. It's a type. And by that we mean it's sort of a catch-all. Yeah. So it's any version of Easter Egger that carries blue jeans and lays any of these colored eggs. Right. But doesn't have exactly the same of these two breeds. Right. They have all kinds of genetic variation. Right. And they're essentially breeds that have been crossed with either the original Aracanas or the Americanas. Again, they have the blue egg genes. Easter eggers are not recognized by the APA. That doesn't surprise me. No, since they're not a true breed. The Aracana's blue egg gene is the key to all of these colored eggs that are produced by Easter eggers. Right, because basically you need the blue to make different greens and all these exactly. different colors. Here's where it gets really fascinating to me. Okay. And you're probably going to geek out as much as I did because this is really neat. So all chicken eggs are either white or blue. Right. And then what happens is there's pigment right. that's put on the eggs exactly. to make them brown. And then if you add brown to blue... You get the screens. Yeah, exactly. So pink eggs come from a bloom on a brown egg. Okay. Right? So the, the bio-coating that's deposited by the hen right. that can give them a pink bloom. So like the Dominiques and the Bard Rocks right. can be a little pinky. They're, mine are almost pink. Yeah, they're pretty. Like. They're really pretty. White, obviously, we know where white comes from because eggs are calcium carbonate. The blue color, I found this fascinating, and being in veterinary science, you will think this is neat too. The blue color of an egg is caused by bilirubin. Which is an enzyme from the liver. Right. And the bilirubin permeates the shell so that it's blue all the way through. Wow. So again, white eggs and blue eggs are the only true color. A brown egg is a white egg with brown coating. Now, bilirubin is partly what makes like... Um, when animals, like small animal, mm -hmm. dogs, cats, and even people, right. they have elevated too much bilirubin. That's right. what gives the yellow jaundice color. Okay. That is interesting. So, so somehow it translates it, into blue eggs. pigment on an yeah, egg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's not a problem. It's just for them. Right. It's elevated. Exactly. So those are our blue eggs, our white eggs, and our brown eggs. So where does a green egg come from? Blue. With a and brown, brown. egg. That's right. <laughs> And so that's how you have all those crazy green combinations out there. I know. And it's so funny because it goes from very light pale sea green. Yes. To, I mean, dark. Right. The almost pale sea dark. green is what my Blanche lays. Right. And it's really pretty egg. And it's that there's not nearly as much pigment. And then right. you get a chicken who adds an immense amount of pigment. Yes. So Like your alligators. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like the Cuckoo Morans. They'll misfire sometimes. Yeah. Like, their eggs are usually very dark brown. Right. I get eggs from them that's, like, striped, completely speckled. Their because, pigment misfires a lot. Yeah. I think that's pretty common for that breed. If they're, like, really dark eggs. Because mm -hmm. it's hard. Because as the egg comes out, if 
we'll talk about this when we do the anatomy and everything, but it's like a spindle. It's like coming through a the spiral. Rotating. It's rotating uh-huh. as the pigment is being sprayed on, basically, by yeah. the chicken's natural way of doing it. And sometimes it doesn't spray evenly, and that's how you get speckles right. and stripes and everything else on your eggs. And so the shade of green on an egg depends on the shade of brown egg laid by the breed that's bred to the blue exactly. egg layer. The amount of pigment it's putting on. Right. Obviously, a light brown egg is going to make a light green egg. Dark brown egg is going to give yep. you that olive, as we said. Yep. It's really a fascinating look into color. Right. I mean, you can get really complicated with genetics and everything. Right. It's just sort of an overview. But Easter Egger operates as a catch-all for... You see these chickens that are called breeds, and they're not real breeds. They're Easter eggers. They're mixes. Exactly. Because there is no word for mixed breed. And like in dogs, there's a right. mixed breed. Right. This is basically like a mixed breed of Akanas, Americanas. That carries the blue egg gene. Yeah. 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 And then if you look at olive eggers, it's kind of on the same sense. They're they're mixed with chicken. So, okay, let's look at one form of what you could make an olive eggers. You could do a well summer who lays a very dark brown right. egg. Mm-hmm. And then you could do a cream leg bar. Right. Who, who has a blue egg. Right, exactly. And then you put those two together and you get a deep olive green egg. Mm-hmm. So these are basically mixes, crosses. Yeah, they are. Sometimes, like, olive eggers are listed as a breed. They are. They're not really a breed, though, They're a mix, too. Yeah. They're the same thing as the Easter eggers, basically. Right. I mean... I would, I would go so far as to say an olive eggers is a type of Easter eggers. You would think, because it's, again, on the same lines as mm-hmm. an Easter eggers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them look different, because to get an olive eggers or an Easter eggers, you can put two different chickens and, and still put them under the category as olive eggers. And still get the same color. So they can be totally different genetic mixes, but they're making an olive egg. And then you so call them an olive eggers. Okay. So yeah. Easter eggers would be the same thing. When we were looking at our chicks, when we were looking for chicks, right. and we were looking at like local shops, right. I was amazed by how many of these chickens, you know, they're, they're given a breed name, but they're not an actual breed breed. There was like prairie bluebell eggers. And Everything's an agar. Sage agar. And yeah. yeah, it was it was fascinating. Green and queen. Anything with agar on the end yeah. is going to be a crossbreed. Right, right. And it's going to be whatever people put together to get this colored egg. And that's the problem sometimes with overbreeding right now is uh-huh. everybody's crossing whatever just to get the egg color. You're losing a breed standard when you do that. You lose your breed standard. To me, it's not a big deal if someone says this is an olive agar. And you're just keeping it as a laying hen for eggs. Right. But if you try to breed, quote unquote, olive eggers, you don't have a breed standard to work with. No. Say if you have two olive eggers, you could have four different chickens. Right. And the breed standard, like, again, even if you're just breeding a mixture of olive eggers for your own flock. Right. That's great. But if you're breeding and selling or you're breeding for any kind of conservation, right? you don't have a breed standard. And the breed standard is important because it is what makes sure the outstanding qualities of this chicken are preserved. Right. You know where we talk about this, and if you would like to hear us talk about it, is on our Patreon page. We talk about coming out this month's going to be... The genetics of the lavender, the yes. or- lavender orbicans. That was a really interesting And one. how basically, due to sometimes overbreeding, mm-hmm. it changes, like egg size versus this versus that. And this right. is kind of the same difference. Mm-hmm. They're a fun type of chicken. They are. But we just have to be careful with things that we're not overdoing. Right. Super cute. They're super good. But the, the problem is with overdoing it, then they tend to genetically not be as strong. They get sick easier. They have weakened immune systems. So with overbreeding all those, that's why we're so like, hey, don't overbreed. It's not because we're trying to be 
stingy about it. It's just that we want the chickens to be as healthy as they can. Right. You can accidentally breed out some of those really important traits from the foundation breeds you're working with. Which happened, and let's go all the way back to episode number one. Mm-hmm. That happened with the white... white face black Spanish. Spanish. Right, right. So it can happen with overbreeding, no doubt. Yeah. But it is a fun breed. It is. And again, I see no reason why you shouldn't breed for it if you're just keeping them for yourself. It's a grab bag for eggs, too. It is, pretty much. Mm -hmm. You don't know what egg is going to come out until they lay that egg. Right. My biggest takeaway out of doing this research is that it's fascinating how this one chicken, the Arcana, has had this immense impact on modern day chickening. On all of chickens because, okay, let's face it, people go for rainbow eggs and different colored eggs. That's it beautiful. makes it fun. Yes. I, for one, am one of those people. I love different colored eggs. Yes. It makes it so much fun. Me too. Hence the reason when I got Gertie, I thought I was going to get an olive egg. Gertie the mystery chicken. And she lays a brown egg. And not even a dark brown egg. Just a brown egg. I was fascinated to find out that there's actually a Shetland chicken. Really? And it lays blue eggs. Wow. They're a land race breed that developed in Scotland from arcanas that anecdotally were taken to the Shetland Islands by the Spanish several hundred years ago. That's pretty cool. So the blue eggs show up in these really interesting places. That's so cool. Yeah. This is an awesome chicken to talk about now because they can add to your Easter basket. That's right. So should we go ahead and move on to our main topic? Yes. So fear not. If you don't have any kind of blue egg layer or, or Easter egg or We'll tell you some really good natural ways how to make those eggs pretty colors. So what we're going to talk about our main topic is naturally dyed eggs. Yeah. Yay! This is a lot of fun. So if you have been following us, you'll know that as well as keeping chickens, I'm a wool farmer. So I've been dyeing wool with natural dyes for almost 17 years. And some of the same plant dyes that I use on wool and other protein fibers, you can use on eggshells. Natural entities coming back in and out. Commercial. Yeah, it's really popular right now. Right now, we're paying such huge attention to what we're doing. We know you put something on this eggshell, and you know when you dye an egg and you peel it, the color is on it. Yeah, the, the dye egg. can come through, right, right. The dye can come through. So now there's a push that we don't want to die with chemicals. Right. So there are very natural ways out there. Yeah, natural dyeing has just exploded in popularity over the past five or 10 years. When I started it almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you had to dig up a book here and there and right. just largely figure out how to do it on your own. But now there's a lot, you can find a lot of things online. I'm going to do an article about this. You're going to be able to find it on our website if you want some more information about making the dye solutions. Right. And it's really easy and fun. And because it's natural, Mm -hmm. the kids can join in with you. Right. And you can actually feed the eggshells from these eggs back to your chickens. Oh, yeah. Or you're not going to feed back chemically dyed eggshells. These are perfectly safe. Right. So as we know, eggshells are made up almost entirely of calcium carbonate crystals. Correct. The eggshell's porous. It allows moisture and oxygen to pass through, mm-hmm. which it would have to do if it's growing a baby chick. Right. The calcium carbonate has the ability to fix and retain plant dyes. Correct. And it's actually, the calcium carbonate is so good at this that it's used as a mordant, right. which is the word we use for dye fixative, when you're dyeing wool and other protein fibers. So we did four different dye solutions. We did. We did these and it was so much fun. And it's something that the girls helped with. Yeah. And we'll have some pictures up. Yeah. Yeah. So we used the four dye solutions. We used red red, cabbage, Mm -hmm. which as you can imagine, if you've ever fed your chickens red cabbage, 
you know what it does. It's that kind of purpley blue. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty color. Don't be afraid to see their poop after you give them red cabbage. <laughs> Beets. Uh-huh. Which we all know are going to make a beautiful pink color. Yeah, it's really, it is really pretty. Kale was risky. A lot of people say kale doesn't give a lot of color. It was this sort of yellowy green. I liked it. Yeah, even like a sea green. Now, the onion skins we used was a memory of my mother. Uh-huh. You can talk to my mom about like when she was five. Yeah. I mean, she remembers everything. She has everything. a great memory. She does. So, and we always talk about how my mom grew up on basically a commercial chicken egg farm. Right. And she has memories of her grandmother, who was an, an Italian immigrant, taking onion skins yes. and using those to dye the eggs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can use even a white egg to get a golden color. Right. Or even a brown egg to get like an orangish kind yeah, of color. You can actually do all these solutions on brown eggs. The lighter the brown, the better result it's you gonna have. It's going to soak it up. Right. right. Brown eggs with chemical dyes usually give you those jewel tones. Right. And it's not so easy to get that with the natural dyes, but if right. you go with the lighter brown, it can be really pretty. And you have to kind of soak them for longer yes. with the natural dyes. Yeah. So you have to be more patient. You can use smaller bowls and then kind of put the eggs in them. And I mean, usually you're doing like a dozen eggs, so it's not going to be... Right. You're you know. not you're not using tons of them. So I will say, we don't like to waste food. So we use trimmings. So we use trimmings oh, from yeah. the ends of beets. We use some of the tougher outer cabbage leaves and a bag of kale that was well past its prime. Again, if you're doing a lot of eggs, you need even more of the plants. Which we didn't do spinach, but my thought is, would spinach give you the same as kale? I'm pretty sure, and I want to say that Martha Stewart did that in one of her magazines like 15 years ago. Yeah. And it gave that sort of same yellowy green color. And you know what you can use kale-wise too, besides even the leaves or the stems? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you're not giving chicken stems. Right. And most of the pigments in the leaves, but you do get some from the stems. You so can it's add worth it throwing in. it in there. Yeah. yeah. So the way we made our dye solutions is that we would bring, let's just say the beets. So you would put the beet trimmings in a pot, cover it with water, bring it to the boil. Then you turn it down to simmer and you let it simmer in the pot for at least an hour. Right. You can then strain the cabbage out and use the dye solution. Or you can do it the labor-saving way. <laughs> you can do it all in one pot. And you can put your eggs in and boil them right, right in, in there. The, right in the pot. And then I don't even take them out of the pot. I let it cool and put it in the fridge and sit overnight. Yeah. These really benefit from a long soak. So if you can leave them in the dye solution overnight, that's perfect. If you want a brighter egg, you need right. to leave them in longer. Mm-hmm. And you know what? With the commercial stuff, it's the same exact way. Yeah, leave it in for a longer if soak. You, yeah. yeah, if you leave it in longer. And you can reuse these shells to put in your Again, garden yeah. mm-hmm. or feed your chickens. Feed your chickens, whatever you want to do. They're pretty safe. You could also do something. I haven't experimented with this, but I might want to try. Okay. I'm wondering if you could do something akin to the Chinese tea eggs. Oh. Have you seen Chinese tea eggs? No. So it's a solution of black tea and soy sauce and some other spices. Okay. And you roll the egg and crackle the shell. Okay. And then you let it simmer in the solution and sit. Oh. And when you peel the eggs... It has that beautiful marble pattern on the oh. inside. Or I should not marble, more mosaic pattern. Oh, yeah. In that case, the taste from that soy sauce and tea solution it's gonna go into your egg. permeates the egg. I'm not sure what would happen if you did it with these. I just uh. thought it would look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes you put them out to look at them, too, and then you're like, we died 40 Easter eggs. We need to eat all these eat Easter eggs. These eggs, yeah. Honestly, though, eggs in his house never... I mean, they go pretty quick. Mine, too, really. Yeah, I mean, we eat a ton. I mean, as much of coffee as we drink, we eat that many hard-boiled Coffee and eggs. Hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> Ella's going to soccer. I'm like, grab some hard-boiled take, eggs. Take some hard-boiled eggs. We need protein. They're kind of the perfect food. 
Perfect snack. Portable. Delicious. Yeah, exactly. So you can really play with this. You could even like, you know, you can do your natural and then you can do egg art with natural egg colors. Yeah. Um, I would love to see pictures of that. Yeah, we have some shots of some of our results in egg cups lined up. It's really cute. And you can experiment. There are some other things that have pigment that we didn't even try. You could do carrot peelings. Oh, yeah. You could do any type of berry. Now, I would hate wasting berries. I would not want to waste the berries because they're so expensive. But Right. But if you had some that were like less than perfect that you didn't want to eat. Instead of throwing them away. Yeah, you could boil them down and give the pulp to the chickens. Oh, yeah. They would like that. Pour it over there, some of their food. Exactly. Things like tea and coffee that are tannin rich will give you some pretty like, tan There colors. you go. A coffee egg. Coffee egg. <laughs> coffee egg. Brilliant. <laughs> Let's have some coffee eggs. Yeah, the Chinese tea eggs I'm fascinated with. And we should probably even We'll do. give those a try. Yeah, and we don't we have should. to be... It doesn't have to be Easter to try it. We no, can just try no. it. And look. It, you can do this all year round. If your kids are yelling, I'm bored. It's Saturday. I don't know what to do. Go dye some eggs. Dye some eggs. Have some fun with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be Easter to have fun with dyeing Easter eggs. It can be any time. Absolutely. So, are we ready to move on to... Cracking some eggs. Let's crack the eggs. Crack, crack the eggs. Yeah. I'm back to my high school cheerleading days. Apparently you are. Yes, I was a cheerleader in high school. Is anyone surprised by this? (laughs) And she did try to talk me into it numerous times. (laughs) And got a resounding no every (laughs) single time. I am not cheerleader material. (laughs) Crack the eggs. Crack, crack the eggs. That could be a cheer. (laughs) Yes, it could. You don't like that one. No, you could go out there and cheer for your chickens. Cheer. Cheer. Lay that egg. Lay Lay that that egg. See? You'd be a great chicken cheerleader. Lay the egg. Lay, lay the egg. (laughs) Okay, so let's go into cracking eggs. And this one's, just like this episode, the extravaganza of (laughs) Easter, this is a really fun recipe that is really cool. It's really cool and it's really good. It's one that we do somewhat because it's fast, fun, and the kids love it. Yeah. Hash brown nests. Oh my God. They're really cute. It's super easy. It's a delicious Easter brunch dish. Oh yeah. Or anytime, but it's really cute for an Easter table. So you cheat. You get frozen, pre-shredded hash browns. Yes. You can shred your own taters if you want to. But why? But why? They make them already done for you. You can even get them with other veg mixed in. Oh, which yeah. Which is really great. Or you can do that yourself. You can do onions and peppers so you're not chopping. Yeah. Because come on, it's Easter and mamas need a break too. Right. So what you want to do is let your hash browns fall and try to squeeze out as much moisture as possible. Those things can be packed full. They really can. Because you're going to press them into greased muffin pans to form your nest. You're going to make a little nest. Right. For the egg. Exactly. Again, you can add other veggies. I've done it with broccoli and cauliflower. It's good. Anything. Like, like, chop it finely, but... Yeah. Peas I just would be good for the early oh, spring. Oh, I thought about peas. That could be really good. Yeah, that could be really good. You can add cheese. It's a must. It is a must. Cheese a must. It's in, a must. In my case, it's fake cheese, but it's, it's still vegan. cheese. It's, it's cheese. Vegan cheese is better than no cheese. Yes. That's my I motto. Agree. I agree. And no, I'm not a vegan. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I cannot have dairy. No. So, I, clearly, I'm not a vegan if I'm eating eggs. <laughs> No. So what you want to do is, is you want to press your nest into the muffin tin. Make the nest. It's almost like a little pie shell. It's almost. A, a nest it's for a the potato, egg. Yeah. Potato pie shell. You're going to bake them until they're crispy. It takes about 20 minutes. Yep. 
And then what do you do? You crack the egg. <laughs> it's perfect. You crack your egg crack into the nest. The egg. Oh boy. Crack, crack the egg. But you know what? You could crack your egg first into a bowl and then add all your veggies in it and then just pour the egg in over the nest. Like a nest with an omelet in it. Exactly. You could do it that way too if you wanted to. But I like it this way because then you still have the yolk visible. It's pretty. Yeah. You see the yolk. You could do it both ways. You could see the yolk or you could scramble the egg and add the vegetables and pour it in. So we've cracked our eggs into our nest. We put them in the oven. It takes like 10 to 12 minutes more and then the eggs are cooked. We love these served with roasted asparagus. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. But you can also put them on a nest of salad greens. It, you can make it look so pretty. You really can. Yeah. And it's just so fun. I mean, the kids are going to want to eat an egg in a nest. I want to eat eggs in nests. Yeah. Of course. It's fun. Fun and delicious. Yeah. It's great for brunch. It's great for lunch. It's great for breakfast. It's great for dinner. You can't go wrong. So this is one of my favorite retail therapies <laughs> this is of fun. all times. So you're talking to two Baltimore girl, Baltimore, Maryland girls here on this podcast, born and raised. Our retail therapy is a company which has been out since what, the late 40s? Yes. And it's Mary Sue Easter eggs. Mary Sue Easter eggs, that's right. So just to preface this, let's just say, so eggs as a symbol of spring. Yes. I have been, you know, it dates back thousands of years, the egg as a symbol of spring. Because that's when you get a billion of them. Is right, spring. right. And so you see it in art and all kinds of other things. Candy eggs. Oh, yeah. Candy Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. First showed up in Europe in the early 1900s. Yeah. And all that led to like the Easter basket and those sorts of things. Right. Chocolate Easter bunny, et cetera, et cetera. So from the early 1900s to the early 20th century, that's 100 years of Easter egg candy. But it was generally like a solid chocolate egg. Right. It wasn't too, too fancy. So in 1948, Jewish-Russian immigrant named Phil Spector. Who was in Baltimore. Right. Started the Mary Sue Candy Company. Mary and Sue were his daughters. Right. So he named it after them. And that candy is filled with buttercream. Right. So they were making a buttercream candy. It wasn't egg-shaped. So the other thing is, what it's evolved to is these Easter eggs are filled with everything from peanut butter to coconut to buttercream now to chocolate. You can get pretty much any variety. Before Mary Sue made their buttercream Easter egg that they're so famous for, right. they were making just a buttercream candy. Right. And they were actually one of the first companies making a buttercream candy. Right. It used real butter. Yep. They insisted on the highest ingredients. They had a great reputation for excellent candy making. Oh my goodness. In 1958, 10 years after they started the business, they decided to take their buttercream candy and mold it into an egg shape. And hence, Mary Sue Easter eggs. Mary Sue Easter eggs, yes. And then Mary Sue Easter eggs, Mary Sue candy is basically known worldwide for their Easter eggs. For that Easter egg, right. So 10 years into the business, they went to this Easter egg. It's fantastic. And then as true blue Baltimore girl, we have to say that basically what they did to put themselves skyrocketing through the thing, <laughs> through the roof with this Easter egg uh-huh. was we had a team called the Baltimore Colts. That's right. Professional football team here. And they went to Johnny Unitas. That's right. One and of said, the best known quarterbacks actually, in all of football history. Of all of history. And said, will you be our sponsor? Not only did he agree, he went on the air and did this ad. It was a local ad. But he went on the air and did this ad for Mary Sue. And he sang the jingle. So he did this spot. 
he really catapulted them. Yeah, he sang the song. He sang the song. And I've seen in memoirs where he mentioned that he would walk down the street and people would see him and say, Hey, Mary Sue! And he's probably like, I'm Mary Sue! I'm Johnny Unitas! So, basically, Baltimore is known for this candy. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, it's the, one the of the things that Baltimore still- is really proud of. It's still going. Yeah. It's still in millions of Easter baskets every year. Again, I'm going to bring up my mom because she always talks about different stuff. Right. She grew up with Mary Sue Easter eggs right. because she was born in 1948. Exactly. So she was born. She was born in the year of the Mary Sue Easter egg. <laughs> the year the company was founded. Yes. She was born. Yeah. Yeah. So you get her started. She sings the song all day. It's like that song. It's so iconic. It is. All you have to do is hear the first couple of notes and you know what it is. And everyone sings it. And then you can't get it out of your head for like two days. So when we decided to do this, we were like, what is perfect to represent Easter in Baltimore? Doesn't get more than Mary Sue Easter eggs. No, and I have to admit, they're sweet, but I love those buttercream Easter eggs. I can't eat them anymore. Yeah. But they're delicious. Yeah, they're so good. So you know what's curious to me? Just the fact that it's only been like 150 years of candy eggs. I mean, eggs are such a ubiquitous part of Easter. They're oh, on yeah. tables or everywhere. Right. But it hasn't been that long that they've been candy. candy form. candy. Yeah, yeah. I guess because spring represents birth, rebirth of plants, of animals, of everything. Well, hens go brooding in the spring. <laughs> exactly. And then they lay an egg and sit on it's, them. So. It's egg season. And so it's yeah. egg season. I mean, right down to robins in a tree with a nest yeah. and little blue eggs. So it's only fitting that it's kind of the celebration of the eggs. It is. And then, hey, it's a chocolate egg. It's delicious. You know what else I'm a big fan of, though? I know not everyone else likes them. What? Cadbury cream eggs. Oh, yeah. That's kind of the later version. It really is. It really is. And, I mean, it's fun, too. They are an acquired taste more than the Mary Sue Easter eggs. You know the other Mary Sue egg that's amazing? And this one I can eat. And, like, my sisters and I would fight over these. The pecan eggs. Oh, yeah, pecan eggs. The whole outside of the egg is covered with chocolate. pecan caramel. And there's a nougat center. Yeah. So, I, I mean... That I will go by. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. And the fact that it's, for us, made locally, it's super fresh. Yeah. And it's just iconic. It's sitting in, in the Easter basket. Mm-hmm. We got them growing up. My mom got them growing up. My dad got them growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. And it's a little spotlight on Mary Sue Easter eggs. This, I don't know. We'll have to check it out. Can they be ordered online? Hang on. I'll check that. So, yeah, we took a quick look, and you can order Mary Sue Easter eggs online. It's MarySue.com. Try that pecan nougat egg. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Can't go wrong. You really can't. Let's tell everybody what we're talking about next week. Next week, our breed spotlight is the Welsh Summer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to the floof lady, Fiona, about why you want to breed chickens. Yes. We're going to cover egg noodles, homemade egg noodles and cracking the eggs. So yummy. And we're going to review for a Saturday Lime. Yes. Can't wait to do this. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy your spring once again. Enjoy warm weather, gardens, chickens, eggs galore. But before we go, there's one more thing we need to tell you. Hug your chickens every day. And kiss them too. Don't forget. We'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show so that we can bring you even more high-quality chicken content, please visit our Patreon page patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.